The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to continue our discussion about a marketing channel that's near and dear to my heart as a consultant, B2B Enterprise. Joining us is Greg Poirier, who is the president at Cloud Kettle, which is a consultancy that specializes in helping B2B SaaS companies build and optimize their revenue stack. From demand generation through renewals, Cloud Kettle helps their clients through optimizing their connection between Salesforce, marketing automation, customer support, and success tools. And yesterday, Greg told us about some of the trends he sees in the B2B enterprise space. And today, we're going to dive more into how Greg defines revenue optimization. Here's our interview with Greg Poirier, president at Cloud Kettle. Greg, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me again, Ben. Great to reconnect. You know, we covered a lot of ground yesterday talking about the playbook for the B2B enterprise SaaS companies. And to my surprise, you had a very digital marketing focused strategy where you're doing your lead capture through what I would consider more consumer channels, the Facebooks of the world, Instagram, even a little Twitter here or there. And you're doing a lot of remarketing with Google Display Network, as opposed to some of the more traditional B2B SaaS models that are focused on events, with the caveats that you did say events are not a bad marketing strategy, but your tactics tend to be more digital. In your company profile, you know, you position yourself to be a revenue optimization service. So understanding what the marketing mix that you're applying is, tell me how you think about defining revenue optimization and what's the difference between that and just your traditional marketing efforts? The difference between a revenue operations consultancy and a marketing agency probably happens at two levels. So one is going to be the level of sophistication that you can expect to be applied to the problem. And the other is really around the level of interconnectivity and the follow through to the end of the sale pipeline that you should expect when you're reviewing the results. So if we think about traditionally how have marketing agencies defined ROI and how have ad agencies shown what their value proposition is, a lot of that has to do with monthly or weekly reports that show, hey, this is what our cost per lead was. And a long time ago when I started doing this, it was, hey, this is how many eyeballs we got for this much money. So what was our CPM? And then we all got a little more sophisticated and we went to cost per lead. 
And then we went a little further and it's cost per acquisition. And now for most of our clients who would be on the more sophisticated end of the spectrum, we're really looking at stuff in the realm of what was our cost per sale and what was our cost per sales qualified lead or at a minimum, what was our cost per marketing qualified lead? So, hey, it's great we got all these form submissions or it's great we scanned all these badges at the trade show, but we're not going to look at that from a cost perspective other than as a leading indicator. When we truly measure success, we want to see how many dollars of pipeline did this influence or what was our total cost per marketing qualified lead? So actual human being that got past the marketing qualified post, or what was our actual cost per person that we were able to connect with and have an SDR have a conversation with? And that takes a lot of interconnectivity and sophistication in platforms that a lot of organizations aren't well equipped to do. At a foundational level, this sounds like a plumbing problem. You're making sure that you're capturing your advertising data. We talked earlier about you primarily leaning on digital channels to do your lead generation. So understanding what your cost per acquisition is, then understanding the additional costs that go through driving someone through each stage of your funnel and eventually mapping back to what the value created from them is. Am I thinking about this the right way? Like the revenue optimization is really about understanding and implementing tracking throughout your funnel. It's about that. And it's also about buy-in at a different level. So in most cases, we're brought in by a CMO or a CRO. And that is a person who is looking at where investment occurred and what the return on investment was in a different way than somebody who is, say, a marketing manager. And that's not to knock people who are marketing managers. It's just that the CRO has a different level of metrics that they want to see. And they have a certain amount of pipeline that they have to generate. And at the end of the day, they need to hit a specific number. And they are interested in marketing investments as they pertain to generating and moving that pipeline through the funnel more quickly. And when you're looking at it in that context, it is very much a plumbing problem. So how do we push all this data into Salesforce? How do we push all this data into a data warehouse where it can be visualized? So there's that part of the issue. But it's also about how do we look at things beyond a raw cost per lead metric? How do we look at things beyond a first touch attribution metric or last touch attribution metric? So as an example, where we see a lot of clients make mistakes in terms of marketing investment is that they are purely measuring success on a cost a first touch attribution metric. So from the day that we got the first form submission, that came from Facebook and it cost us $20 and the sale went through. Amazing. Facebook's providing an unbelievable return on investment. But what that first touch attribution metric fails to recognize is that we also invested heavily in a trade show in order to bring that person closer in with us on a relationship basis. We also ran a significant amount of advertising to them post form conversion. We also did a number of webinars to help uh, move them through the funnel. And when we look at items like that, a lot of very boring style marketing activities that tend to have a low first touch attribution response or cost rate. And webinars are one of my favorite ones to take a look at. They tend to look poorly from a return on investment if you're just looking at first touch attribution. But if you can measure it on a multi-touch attribution, so maybe you're doing a, a U or a W-shaped curve. So we're giving maybe 30% of the credit to first touch, 30% to last touch, and then the remaining 40% of the credit spread through the touches in between. A lot of very boring marketing and sales motions like newsletters and webinars start to look like a really amazing return on investment if you can get enough data to analyze that. 
So it's interesting that you mentioned the U or the W shape curve. That to me is always the devil's in the details here, right? In terms of talking about attribution. Is that your preferred model for assigning first and last touch being the most valuable? And then everything that's in between is kind of you're dividing by the number of touches? It depends on the organization, but we tend to work with B2B organizations and most of them are a little larger. So they also tend to have longer, more complex sales cycles. And when you're looking at a longer, more complex sales cycle, and let's say the sales cycle is nine months long, there might be 20, 30, 40 touches that occur in between first touch and last touch. So you do need something in there to measure whether those activities are providing value or not. So we are big fans of a W or a more U-shaped attribution model. And first touch and last touch, those can come into play. But really, we generally are more focusing on those either as a leading indicator of whether something's working or not, or as a more focused approach to an organization that has a high velocity sales model. We can talk all day about marketing attribution. You know, I mentioned before that I think that doing your revenue optimization is really a plumbing problem and getting your end-to-end data. As you are collecting data, you mentioned that the processes, the best practice is to put everything in a data warehouse and have a universal sense of truth. Once you have your data stored in a central location, are there any best practices for visualizing any KPIs that you suggest marketers focus on to be able to optimize for revenue? It depends a lot on the organization and what their sales model is. And so I want to be very cautious about a one-size-fits-all approach. In general, we like to use a visualization platform, depending on the sophistication of the organization. For a lot of companies, BigQuery can be pretty close to free as a data warehousing solution. And Google Data Studio, which is a visualization layer on top of BigQuery, is free. So if you're kind of dipping your toes in this water, that can often be a really good place to start, especially for an organization that hasn't historically done this. Maybe Tableau or another solution is going to be price prohibitive and might kill the project in its tracks. And with a little elbow grease and some initiative, maybe a marketer can get BigQuery and Data Studio up and running and show some reports and dashboards that would indicate in real time the value and the return on examining this type of thing in a data warehouse. Now, that's kind of base level plumbing. It kind of goes up from there, but that's a good place to start. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. 
Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. So talk to me a little bit about the KPIs and evaluation. I know you said it's going to be a little different for each organization, but what are the most commonly used KPIs when you're thinking about optimizing your funnel for revenue generation? If we're looking at lower in the funnel and where's marketing's job, we're very interested in what's your cost per MQL. So what's your cost per marketing qualified lead? And what is your cost per sales qualified lead? Those tend to be good metrics of marketing's performance in the context of your cost per lead is probably too raw. And when you really focus on that, you tend to start to invest a lot of money in really cheap garbage leads. So if you or your marketing agency is really focused on your cost per lead metric, what you're going to get is a ton of really garbage, low quality leads and your sales team is going to hate you. So we like to focus instead on how do we optimize on a cost per marketing qualified lead or in a perfect world, and this takes a lot of time to get there, what is your cost per sales qualified lead? So that's more on the marketing front. The other thing that we're seeing a lot of more focus on now, and I'm really happy about this, is we're starting to look at more of a lead waterfall visualization approach. So instead of saying, how many leads did we generate this month? How many leads did we qualify this month? How many SQLs did we get this month? That is not unimportant. But what is also very important is what is the consumption rate of those different pools? So what I ask people to visualize is if you've been to any mid-tier city mall in the last 30 years, you've probably seen one of these water pools where you've got four or five sets of pools and the water's flowing into the top one. And when that top pool is full, the water flows into the next one downwards. It's a nice water feature. So your lead funnel kind of looks like this in the context of you have a certain number of leads at any given time that are just open and raw. And when you get enough, they flow over and they pour into the MQL pool. And then the next batch pours into the SQL pool and so on. And what's important is at different times of the year and at different times in your organization's growth. So as an example, you hire a lot of new SDRs, you might open the floodgates and start consuming MQLs at a far faster rate or at a slower rate. So it's really important to take a look at what is our volume of available MQLs for the SDRs to target? What is our volume of SQLs that are available for sales to work? And how quickly or slowly is that pool being replenished? Because what happens to a lot of organizations is they're percolating along and they're generating 10% more MQLs a month. So everything looks good. But what they don't realize is that the SDR team is consuming 30% more MQLs a month. And nobody notices until the pool becomes completely depleted. So... How do you build reports and dashboards to start to show not just how many are you generating, but what is your pool level and how fast is it being replenished and consumed? How often are you looking at basically the combination of the two things we've talked about so far in this podcast, which is what's the cost and value of your MQLs and your SQLs, and how much are you looking at them on a channel basis? At a senior leadership level, so C-suite, so our head of sales, often CRO, and our CMO, 
They ideally are meeting as part of a pipeline council with one or two analytics people and some other BI people, as well as often the CEO. They ideally are going to meet once every month, although closer to the end of the quarter, or the end of the year, it might be bi-monthly or even weekly. And at the end of a quarter for a big enterprise, it might even get down to the day. And they're looking at these dashboards kind of on that cadence and they're looking and seeing, okay, by theater, so America, APAC, EMEA, we are doing really well and our overall leads are really great right now. But we can already see them diminishing in APAC, and that's going to be a problem in two quarters. So how do we invest in generating more leads in Asia Pacific now so that in two quarters, sales doesn't get burned by a lack of pipeline? So really, we would say the senior leadership is probably looking at that on a monthly or biweekly basis. You probably have a marketing operations person looking at that on at least a weekly basis in terms of performance by specific channel in specific theater. When you think about, we talked about multi-touch attribution, right? Like Facebook is a channel that we're using to acquire our leads, and then we're also retargeting with it. How are you assigning value towards what contribution Facebook put into an MQL or an SQL? So from a multi-touch attribution perspective, we wouldn't measure multiple channels for an MQL. We would probably just look at that as a first-touch attribution model. It's only once pipeline's been created. So we've assigned a dollar value to this thing. A salesperson's actively working it. So, hey, we've got an opportunity open in Salesforce. If you're familiar with Salesforce parlance, we've got an opportunity open in Salesforce, and that opportunity is for $10,000. And that's the point. Once there's a dollar value assigned where we start looking at multi-touch, because then we can start to break it out by, okay, 20% of the credit goes to Facebook. So it's a $10,000 sale. If 20% of the credit goes to Facebook, well, that means we're allocating $20,000 of good stuff, so to speak, to that Facebook campaign. Yeah. So you're not necessarily looking at the entire spend on Facebook and giving it a percentage of the value that it's created over the quarter. It depends. So if we had spent $10,000 a month, so let's say 30 k we would break that spend out into... Um, in Salesforce, there's a feature called campaigns. And in those campaigns, you can put what your forecasted and actual spend are. And there are native Salesforce reports where you can look at your pipeline and change attribution models and look at your return on investment by channel or to use Salesforce parlance by campaign. Although once you get to that kind of level of sophistication, most often an organization is deploying a solution like Visible. They're a multi-touch attribution modeling platform, so to speak. There's a few. There's Full Circle Insights, there's Bright Funnel, there's Visible. Visible tends to be the one we like the most. They've got a really strong pixel solution that helps with a lot of the sins of human error, so to speak, that come along with the other solutions, which are more reliant on manual data entry. So as I try to summarize this conversation, we've talked about a couple of very big, hairy topics. We're thinking about revenue optimization for B2B SaaS. I called out early that I think that this is primarily a plumbing problem, getting clean and data. How do you collect your data in data warehouse? How do you visualize it? We run into the beast that is multi-touch attribution. And then the KPIs that you've called out are you're looking at your cost per MQL, your cost per SQL. And then on the back end, when you're getting a conversion, you're trying to break that out and assign value into channels. Is there anything else that I'm missing in terms of the overall strategy for revenue optimization? 
I think the big one is ensuring you have pipeline coverage. So again, when we're talking about those marketing operations and senior leadership style dashboards and reports, one of the things we're really focused on is, do we have enough pipeline coverage for the upcoming month, for the upcoming quarter? So as an example, a traditional metric would be our organization requires three to one pipeline coverage. So for every $3 of pipeline created, we generate $1 in sales. In the America Sales Theater, our goal this quarter is $1 million. That means through various channels, and some of that would be sales, some of that would be marketing, some of that might be customer success. But through our various channels, we need to generate $3 million worth of pipeline if we're going to generate $1 million worth of sales. And that is a very big metric for marketing to be looking at. So what is our percent commitment to that pipeline coverage. So marketing is responsible for generating 50% of pipeline coverage. That means if you have a $3 million pipeline requirement to generate a million sales, the backwards math on that is marketing has to generate $1.5 million of pipeline for the upcoming quarter. And have you done it? And have you done it in the right theaters? And if not, where can you rapidly shift money to hit that? Yeah. So it's not necessarily just about channel optimization. You're also using this as a leading indicator to understand what your revenue is going to be over a longer period of time to help influence your long-term strategy, not just understand current performance. Yeah. And I would say if I was to pick on marketers, and I mean, I've been a marketer for a good chunk of my career, and where often we fall down, it's that we only own the thing up to the day we throw it over the fence to sales, so to speak. And that kind of doesn't fly anymore with sophisticated sales operations and marketing operations groups. Really, now there's an onus to A, it's not just the number of leads you generate. B, it's not just the number of qualified leads you generate and throw over the fence. It's also about where are those leads being generated in what theater and for what groups. Because What you have to understand as a sophisticated marketer, and if you're going to be a marketing leader, is it's great that you generated 50% more leads than was required this month. But if you didn't generate any in the automotive group or you didn't generate any in the European theater, that means that there's a sales team that is starving. Those people have families, they have quotas to hit. The organization overall has a mandate to sell a certain amount of product in those areas. And that might be important for some future strategy that's being approached. So a sophisticated group is going to be really focused on not just hitting your number of leads generated number or number of MQLs. It's are you generating them in the theaters or in the industries or for the specific sales groups in the amount that's required? Because those salespeople can't swap. A French-speaking salesperson in France can't just roll over and start selling in America because we've got a surplus of leads in New York. I think it's a complicated topic, and I understand the need for a service like Cloud Kettle. Obviously, revenue optimization is multifaceted in terms of your marketing strategy, your analytics, and also the connection between marketing and sales. So, Greg, let me just say thank you for coming on the show and telling us a little bit about the topic and appreciate you making the time. Thank you very much. I was glad to do it. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Greg Poirier, the president of Cloud Kettle, for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Greg, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send him a tweet at Cloud Kettle, which is C-L-O-U-D-K-E-T-T-L-E, or you could visit his company's website, which is cloudkettle.com. 
And a few links in our show notes that I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. Just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you, so we created benjshap.com slash question, where you can send us your topic suggestions or marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. If you prefer to have our content delivered to your inbox, we also have a once a week newsletter with links to our audio players, episode summaries, and contact information for all of our guests. To subscribe, go to benjshap.com shap.com slash newsletter. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.